Yo, so what's up, guys? Um, I wonder if this is loud. Is this loud? I hope this isn't loud. Hold on. Let me turn that down a little bit. There we go. Okay. So um, you are now watching. You might be watching this. I don't know if you're watching this or not. Um, so anyways, let's just, I'm, I'm just going to start, whatever, because this is new for me. So you might either be watching and or just listening to this podcast, but you are tuned in to Through Faith Colored Lenses or TFCL, T, uh, shoot, T, Through Faith Colored Lenses, TFCL. Yes, you are now locked in to Through Faith Colored Lenses, and this is not my office. So um, don't get used to it. I am trying this out. And, uh, it is what it is. So don't judge, but this is just a temporary holding spot until your boy gets into his own, which is actually right next door. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be in there, but this is not important at all. So let's get into it. Um, anyways, this is episode two. I'm, I told you I'm going to be doing this way more often and, uh, and I am, um, but housekeeping things, just a few. Um, I hate when people say housekeeping things cause that never made sense to me. Um, Anyways, anyways, uh, so a couple housekeeping things. Um, I am going to be very distracted because I'm sitting in front of a very large window right now that is um, kind of just like, I, I don't know. I have the world accessible to me right now. And so um, there are people going about their days and stuff outside of my window. So if I start glancing out and around, that is why um, I don't know what proper podcast etiquette is in terms of or video etiquette is. Um, so, uh, I don't know if I should be staring at this camera the entire time. That feels weird to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be doing what I would normally do in a normal conversation, which is looking everywhere, um, besides the person that I should be looking at. Um, uh, so we're going to get into the content in just a minute. Um, but I have a question for you guys, something for you to think about. Um, and I'm gonna be doing this every episode too, but, uh, and this is super important. So I need you to think about this. I really need you to think about this for a moment. Um, okay. So you're in a restaurant, right? With all your friends, you're in a kind of a quaint little area, you know, downtown, whatever city that you live in. And, uh, you know, that's going great. Right. Um, and then you hear a commotion outside, large explosion and people start panicking. You see people kind of like in the background, you know, outside running, you know, cross screaming, you know, people getting their stuff and leaving the restaurant. And you know, in this moment that you have to act because you're a superhero. So lame. That's so lame. You're a superhero. The question, how do you, how do you escape? How do you get out of that situation? Of course, you know, specific, let, so let's, let's take it even further and say that like you drove there, right? So like you're the DD for that night. Um, you know, and so people are relying on you. You have to make an escape because you're a superhero. Like you got to get out and save people. Where do you go? How do you get out of that? How do you explain that? Not only when you need to leave, but the next day or, you know, whatever, when people are asking you questions, yo, why did you leave me? Your baby mama was there, right? <laughs> your girlfriend, whatever, you know, your homies were there and they're like, yo, what happened to you last night? Right? Like, how do you explain that? Um, that's just something I want you to think about. If you had to leave, if you have to make your superhero exit, how do you explain that? How do you explain that to your friends and your family when they're, you know, they're checking for you the day after like, yo, everybody left, you know, but you weren't there. Um, you know, you still smell like smoke because you are rescuing baby deers from a fire. I don't know. Um, but uh, anyways, let's think about that. 
while you're thinking about that, we're going to transition into the content. I don't know if on the video I'm going to do like a transitional video thing. I do have the prowess to do that, and that would actually make this probably make way more sense. Um, but right now, in the interest of time and the thing that I'm using, uh, you know, I don't think I can do that. So uh, anyways, let's get into the content. Oh, I'm just going to start. <laughs> I'm just going to start it. Um, you are locked into Through Faith Colored Lenses with your host. Uh, Bri- I need a host name. My name is Brian. I need a host name, though, like something that something that is uh, that is catchy. That sounds like a podcast name, you know, that, you know, people can call me like I'm listening to that podcast by. I feel like it should start with DJ DJ. No, that's stupid. And I'm not a DJ. I could probably DJ, but just not like, you know, the table and all that. Like I probably, I don't know, bring my phone and anyways, anyways. Um, so the content, um, I have it written down. Um, cause you know, I need to be professional at some point. You guys know, um, if you're just now tuning in, you should know, I don't prepare any of my stuff. That's not my personality. I say this every time, just in case there's somebody new listening, um, and they're judging me hardcore. I don't prepare any of my content. That's just how I roll. Um, deep conversations, uh, stories that I have to tell for, you know, my job or, um, pitches that I have to give or, um, presentations that I have to do. Like, I don't prepare that stuff. My, my brain is just so ADHD with information, um, that I generally just, you know, freestyle that everything that I'm doing, um, my proposal, freestyled <laughs> um, my uh you know my vows freestyled um killed it by the way um you know every project that i ever did, did lightly prepared but mostly freestyled you know um i used to preach a little bit not, not used to like like i did this i did it a couple times um but there was preparation you know there were like speaking points but largely freestyled you know um that's just how i roll um so tell your friends and tell their friends if, if they're listening. Um, but uh, there's some people walking by right now. So I have to pretend like I'm doing something really important. Um, so I'm just going to start moving my hands like I'm saying something large and they're not. Even, okay. <laughs> so vain. Anyways, be, be serious. Stop joking around. Um, so I've been thinking, I've been thinking uh, a lot lately and I'm going to probably try to censor myself a little bit because I don't know who's listening, but, um, (laughs) um, question that I have, uh, is, is I'm going to try to help you. So, all right, sorry, let me, let me transition. Uh, this is actually going to be kind of (laughs) serious. Um, I know I kind of smoothed it into this really, uh, really goofy, like, but this is going to be kind of serious. Um, because this is just where I've been, you know, again, this podcast for me is just therapy. If I can help some people along the way, dope. Um, but by and large, the, the, the point of this podcast has always just been therapy. I feel way better when I'm, um, you know, talking things out with myself and helping like, it helps me think it helps me organize my thoughts. Um, and then I also, I, I think there's a benefit because, I have been seeing that there are people listening and um, I like to think, you know, I don't know, I can't prove it, but I'd like to think that, you know, at least one person hears this and is like, yo, that's, that's good. I never thought about that. Or they hear something, you know, that jogs something in them, you know, that maybe gives them an idea something that they needed to do. Um, So that's why I do this. Um, I do like to use my natural sense of humor. Um, I am not funny. So, um, you know, sometimes that falls flat, but again, it's, First and foremost, it's therapy for me. So, um, cause I'm done paying therapists. Actually, now that we're talking about that, that's kind of, kind of what I'm getting into. Um, 
feeling empty, right? And uh, in this, uh, the the day to day, just emotion uh, mindset, this this mental space of just feeling empty, right? Um, so I was thinking about this a while ago. I was like, why do I feel this way, right? <clears throat> I currently um, traded, not currently, but I a while ago I traded out of my Subaru Legacy. It was like 2018. Um, it was it was a nice ride, nice ride. Um, you know, sunroof, uh, all the safety features. It was a dope color. Um, nice car. Just, I got to, I got to Anchorage and, um, and noticed that everybody that I saw driving that car was an older white lady. Yo, that's not for me. Yo, that's the the first thing I thought was like, nah, no, 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 no. I can't go out like that. Like I got too much swag. You're not going to keep a young pimp down. Like I can't do this. Um, so I was like, I got to get out of this car. I got to get out of this car. So, um, that was a little bit of vanity, but the other side, and I think I might've mentioned this in another episode, but the other reason why I got out of that car is because, um, it was co-signed for him, you know? And at this point in my life, like I, there, I, there wasn't anything that I had that I owned, you know, that I paid for. And, um, and that was killing me. That was killing me. Um, so, uh, stick with me cause this is going somewhere, but, uh, you know, so, um, I had to say, you know, the Dodge charger has always been my dream car, but well, before that it was the, um, it started as the the Camaro and then went to like a 300 and then the Dodge Charger. Um, so, you know, I was like, I need to do something like I need to own something. I need something of my own because I'm tired of of relying on people. You, if you guys remember, um, if you, you have stuck with me since some of the earlier episodes, you know where I was before I was in Alaska and, you know, how I was dependent on everybody. And um, so I had to uh, I, I had to. Um, find a way. Sorry, I'm doing this because people just rode back by. <laughs> these these two dudes are on a bike, right? One rides by. So there's one in front and then the one behind looks up at me. Um, the window's open. You know, I'm in a house on a in a neighborhood. And so like it's, I'm not necessarily hidden, but like you would have to make an effort to like look up to see if I'm here or not. Um, so the dude in the back looks up at me um, just now and uh, and then turns around quickly and then like, says something and the dude in front of him turns around, looks right at the window, which obviously means the dude behind him said something. I'm vain, which is why I notice stuff like that. Right. So anyways, I just thought that was funny. Um, I don't feel any sort of way about it. I just thought it was funny. Um, so anyway, stop distracting me. Uh, so I had this car and I was like, I need, I need to own something because I'm just, I'm tired of, you know, being in a state of relying on people for everything. It's not how a man, it's supposed to live his life. You know, um, I'm in a different spot in my life right now. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that we have to be able to rely on people, but that's not the point. So, um, after a few, uh, years of owning that car, I then, you know, traded it in. So, um, I owed quite a bit on it and, um, but you know, I had a better job. And so I was like, I'm going to swallow whatever the difference is when I trade this in for the sake of owning something by myself, you know? So I went and did that. Um, it ended up turning out pretty good. Payments are a bit higher than I'd like, but you know, I, I can do it. And, um, and now gas is kind of crazy, but I can do it. Um, so I have the dream car that I've wanted for a decade, you know, now, um, and, you know, I have a house and I, you know, I have some projects that I can do. And, you know, the job that I have is pretty dope and, you know, I have two cool dogs and well, coolish dogs. Um, I have a wife and, uh, you know, got my video game system hooked up, you know, in the office, like things are going okay, you know? Um, and so I was thinking about this, uh, and I was like, but I feel empty. Why, you know, what, 
what is going on in my head that is making me feel this way, right? Because I have the things, I have the things that I would want. Um, I still feel empty. What's going on? What's the problem? What's the disconnect? Uh, these are things that therapists could not find out. You know, um, everybody was full of advice and, and that's actually part of the problem is that they were always so willing to tell me things, you know, you should try this, you should do that. And, and I feel like it wasn't enough of like understanding me emotionally more than it was just trying to figure me out logically. And, um, and when I realized that I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I work in the field of mental behavioral health, um, substance abuse prevention, all things related to mental um, mental health and, and physical health, I guess, um, behavioral health. Um, I've been in that field for a really long time, you know, not a professional, but I just, you know, I have the experience, I have a lot of experience. Um, I say humbly. And so one of the things that I realized uh, when I first started going to counseling, my lips, lips look ashy. They're not ashy. I swear. It just probably looks like that. And this is probably just me. Um, forgive me. So anyways, um, you know, so I'm like, what, uh, one thing that I started to realize is this doesn't work. You know what I mean? The, it was almost like, imagine if you were, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, the mentalist or like lie to me. Um, there are movies where they're like, they have a, the, the power of like persuasion, um, or like, um, perception manipulation. Um, they can influence people's thoughts and feelings and behaviors and they can tell, and they can like read people, um, based off of like, you know, eyes like twitching and, um, you know, like muscle spasms and stuff like that when they're moving. Um, <laughs> I came back again, um, you know, doing this when they're talking and, you know, um, like shifting in their chair when they're talking, you know, stuff like just stuff like that. They can, they can, they know things about people, um, based off of how they carry themselves, how they talk, um, just stuff like that. Uh, so imagine somebody with that skill set trying to be, um, hypnotized, right? Can't do it. Imagine, imagine a hypnotist some, uh, trying to be hypnotized, right? Like I have the skill set. I know every way around this. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, imagine an NBA player going to uh, a junior league game in middle school and, you know, you know, getting deed up by like some, you know, 13 year old. Nah, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And so that like, that's where I felt like I felt like for me in therapy, I was, I was that NBA player or I was that like hypnotist that was like trying to have these services fix me, but they didn't because I knew them all, you know, and, and the way that I saw it is that like some of these are like kind of just mental tricks, you know, to, if I can distract you long enough to give you something, you know, um, covering the camera, um, if I can distract you long enough from, you know, wherever you're at or get you talking enough to get you kind of like in your head, um, then I can start to give you perceptions of yourself or, you know, the way that I want you to see the world in order to help you like, you know, not like to, to like take advantage of people, but it, it's just a way to soften your mental stability, your mental state to give you something, uh, a new way to think, a new way to process, a new way to feel, um, react, respond, stuff like that. Those things didn't work with me. And so, um, and I told that, I think actually pretty blatantly, um, to the, uh, straight to the, um, the last therapist that I had, and I was like, Hey man, like one of the problems is that like, I just, you know, I know, I know too much. Like when it comes to like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy or um, cognitive restructuring, um, these are all like therapy techniques, um, talk therapy, which is just a the therapeutic way of saying, having a conversation with someone, which is really 
I'm just talking to you, right? Um, you know, motivational interviewing. Uh, these are all things that I'm familiar with. I use them daily, you know? Um, and so when when they're used as tools to be given back to me, it's 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 not necessarily like a rebellious thing, but I'm just like, this just doesn't work, you know? So why am I saying all this? I was in this spot in my life, you know, for a very extended long time, like a very long time. I'm actually in and out still, but I'm okay. Um, don't call the cops on me. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but so I'm thinking about all this, you know, like I have the things that I need. I'm fine, you know, but therapists can't help me. So what do I, what, what do I do? You know, why do I still feel empty? Um, other things started to add, lead on to this, you know, so I have a cool job, not currently happy with that because there's just some, there's some small nuanced things that I just could be different, but whatever, not a big deal. Um, personnel issues, people that I, would rather not be around, um, and, you know, have to, have to be face to face with so often. Um, these are all things that I can get over. So here's, here's a little bit of a turning point, right? Um, I'm going to talk to you guys now and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm talking to at least one person. Here's what kind of helped me understand something. I had a, uh, this isn't, this isn't wildly, um, what is the word for, um, profound? This isn't like wildly profound, but it's, it's just worth hearing again. Um, oftentimes when, if you're like me, oftentimes when we're in these spaces where we feel empty, we feel broken, blank, um, just numb, uh, you kind of feel like you're floating through life on this, this escalator, right. And, and life is on either side of you and you're just speed, I guess, moving down this escalator, you know, holding on, um, but life is just going by you and you're just kind of like a side character in your own life, right. You just feel numb and, and outside of everything, um, here, one, uh, uh, I can tell you one of the reasons is, uh, I don't know if I want to get that deep yet, but, um, so I'm not going to talk about why that might be. You'll have to figure that out for yourself. Um, I will tell you to go to an episode. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but I think it was a series about porn. Um, but take a look at that. Porn has real negative side effects. We don't, like to admit this. A lot of people that I've had these conversations with do not like to admit this if they're still consuming porn, right? The people that are still in it do not want to admit this because I'm still consuming it, right? I'm still benefiting off of this. And if you tell me the reality of this thing that I'm consuming is really destroying me, then that means that now I'm responsible to do something about that. I don't want that responsibility. You know, I don't want that knowledge that I'm destroying myself, that I'm making people around me, you know, potentially worse. I'm not, well, not making people worse, but you know, just turning people away from you. Um, I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that knowledge. So I'm going to fight against that. Right. Here's one thing that I noticed that it does. Porn takes you out of your life. It makes you a participant in your own life because most people have routines. When, when you're going to watch porn, you're going to masturbate and you're going to orgasm, right? Let's be real. Um, uh, this is not where I was going with this, but, uh, I think it's worth repeating because I, I think I'm talking to mostly guys right now. Um, this is also true for ladies, but it's very, very true for guys. Um, when, so we all have our routines, right? Um, I, I've, thank God, big guy upstairs, I've quit. Um, I don't have the desire anymore. And I'm so, so, so overjoyed for this. But when I was into it, I had a routine, right? I would always kind of go away. If I'm sitting, if I'm alone, mostly the urges came when I was alone. Um, I, you know, I would go into the room, lay down and start scrolling. What can I find? You know, what piques my interest? It never started that way, but you know, with porn things grow, right? It feeds, uh, what is it? Is it dopamine? 
or serotonin. It's some pleasure chemical releases in your brain every time that you are about to. Here's the thing. Even when you're about to watch it, you don't even have to be looking at it yet. But when you're about to watch it, um, your pleasure chemicals start to flood your brain because your brain relates this to a good time. So um, you're starting this routine, which when you're in that routine, that's the same thing that you do almost every single time, almost every single time. Um, without fail, you do that routine to watch porn, to masturbate, and then orgasm. You follow that routine almost all the time, right? Um, and as we're scrolling, as we're looking for our pleasure, as we're looking for something that that like really um, makes us feel good in that moment, um, what's happening mentally is you're telling yourself that you have your choice of pleasure. The way that you can feel fulfilled, if even just for you know a moment, I can choose whatever that is. Um, that also makes you, and then what you start doing is you're watching either this person or these people um, enjoy each other in a, in a non-wholesome way, because not all the time are there two willing participants more often than not. Let me not say more often than not, um, but very, very often um, women are forced into that, you know, either by force or by, you know, promise of a better life or threat of being sued. Um, you know, if you make my studio look bad, then we're going to sue you and you'll never work in this industry again. Um, please do this research. I'm telling you things that I've read firsthand. Um, these are firsthand accounts. Um, I will never tell you anything that I haven't heard firsthand. Um, sometimes I will, but I'll have my sources ready. <laughs> um, but so now you're, you're, you're enjoying these people. Um, sometimes that aren't doing it willingly, uh, enjoy each other. Uh, <laughs> And you're a background character watching that happen. Now, we were meant to have that relationship with someone on our own um, in a healthy manner, right? Not just bouncing around from person to person just because um, if you do that, it's on you, do you. But um, the, the healthiest way to enjoy that is to find that person and have that sort of relationship with them and them only, right? Now, what we're doing is we're finding different people every single day, right? Um, and enjoying different scenes, different different categories, whatever it is, you have your pick. And when you're done, you feel bad. Um, that we call it post uh, <laughs> post nut clarity, um, you know. So when you're done, you feel terrible, right? Um, and then you start to you know you you start to hate yourself, or you know you do whatever you do to cope. Um, and then you repeat that either later that day or the same time the next day. Um, and there's the cycle, right? The cycle uh, is is you being a background character in your own life. So what happens is you start to become a background character in every facet of your life, right? Your job, your relationships, your own happiness, your own mental health, um, hobbies, your own personal growth, anything that can make you or the people around you a better person, you kind of put yourself into a back seat now because that's what you've been doing. Um, for however long it takes, you know, uh, every day. Um, I say this because this is so common in our generation today and it's so very rebelled against. Can't tell you the amount of people who, uh, would say that I'm wrong. That's on you, you know, do you, I'm not here to convince you that that's wrong. I'm here to let you know, uh, from the men who are honest with themselves, we are all agreeing that this, the difference when you're not doing it, is almost night and day. Um, the confidence that I feel now in myself has risen greatly when I've cut porn out of my life, greatly increased uh, my ability to, to stand up for myself and, and, you know, tell people what I need from them, what I expect from them, to tell employers what I expect from them, to, um, you know, tell other, you know, if I'm buying a car, for instance, this is a random example, but, um, you know, 
I'm not going to let you mistreat me. I'm not going to let you sell me something that I don't want. I'm not going to let you overtalk me because you think you're the professional, right? Like I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. Um, just because I don't want to be disrespected. I'm not going to disrespect you. I just don't want to be disrespected, right? Like you become a, the, the main character in your own life, your, your life story. You become that main character. Um, you take control of your life. You feel more confidence. Um, you have more energy, you know, um, you, you have uh, the ability to, uh, to to dream. You know, you have more desires to do things. Sorry, um, dogs walking by. Now they're fighting. Um, <laughs> little tiny dogs, man. You got to watch out for them. So that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons why, why um, you know, so this isn't why I felt empty, but um, I told you I kind of rabbit trails. Um, but some of it, some of it is kind of in, in these things, you know, in our minds, these things, they, they can last for quite a while. Um, the effects, the negative effects that pornography has on people, um, typically last for quite a while. Understand, um, what you're doing, the act of, you know, <laughs> the act of doing that, um, that's releasing pleasure chemicals in and of itself, right? That's a pleasure chemical that's being released when you, when you orgasm, um, when you're, when you're seeing different categories and you're seeing these different butts on the screen and all that stuff, like that's also releasing pleasure chemicals. And so you're in the habit of just doing that. Um, but the act that what you're getting, well, not what you're getting back, but the fact that you're not getting anything of value back is leaving you drained, you know? And so if you're doing that to combat something negative and then you end up feeling negative afterwards, ask yourself what happens after weeks, days, weeks, months, years of doing that same thing routinely, you know, you've convinced yourself, you've just convinced yourself. I can only feel joy in this. What? I don't know, 25, 10, 15, 20 minute window. Um, and then after that, I feel drained. I feel depleted. I feel weak. I feel unmotivated. I feel unconfident. Um, I feel empty. I feel alone. I feel shame. You know, all those different things you're wearing that daily without addressing it now. So for some of us who are still out there that struggle with pornography, my plea to you is to find a way to get free from that because it's detrimental to your growth and development. Detrimental. There's no positive benefit of porn. Not one. Not one. Um, and I can give you a plethora of, of negative side effects just off the top of my head. Well, I'm a freestyler too, so I can do that for that reason. But anyways, it's because of the negative side effects. It's so readily available. Um, so, so for me, why, why did I feel empty? Um, I had to realize something. Uh, it's because I was making a choice to not feel different. You know, the reason why I felt empty, I don't know. I don't. Um, I, I was diagnosed with depression. It might have something to do with that. I don't know. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. The point was, I want to feel better. So what do I do about it? You know, so I had some people where I was going into work and then I was like, ah, I really don't want to deal with these people. And I come home and there were some like aspects of my home life where I was like, yeah, I just don't want to deal with that right now. Family, finances, um, hobbies, you know, um, entertainment. The, the things just weren't where I wanted to be able to structure my life and have it, have it look the way that I want it to look. And if it doesn't look like that, I feel bad, right? These things kind of happen in the background of our mind sometimes, you know, where if you have a desire, maybe a small desire, but you're not addressing it, you're not dealing with it in any way um, that starts to drain, you know, similarly, similarly, if you have a to-do list, right? Maybe, maybe even just a mental to-do list. And then you realized of that, like 20 item list, I already have like four things done. Even in the background, you can be like, yo, dope. Like uh, I'm just a little bit closer then, you know, so that means I don't have to do this tonight. That means I can kind of spend a little bit more time chilling here. You know, that again, releases some pleasure chemicals in our mind. Um, 
which is also a life hack. Just keep that in mind. Um, so uh, when when you're letting these things kind of just play in the background and you're not addressing them, we start to we start to lose a bit of our joy, right? We start to lose some of our peace and our comfort um, because something's not right and I'm not addressing it. It's going on in the background. But here's another thing that you need to know about your brain. Um, our brain's job is to stabilize everything in our body, right? So one of the jobs, one of the biggest jobs is to protect the heart. And I'm going to give you a quick example. If you were walking down the street and you hear some yell, loud yelling, right? And then, and the, um, right? So people just, you know, hear footsteps running behind you and, you know, you turn around and then, you know, guy draws a gun and just starts spraying, pop, 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 right? Um, I say this because I've seen this before. Um, most people who've never been in that type of a lifestyle, who've never seen a gun, who've never heard a gunshot go off, that's never been around people that, that were that aggressive. Um, the minute you see something like that, witness that, you're going to start hyperventilate, right? Because that's stressful. That's stress on the heart. And so you start to breathe very, very quickly. And, you know, your heart starts beating really quickly. Um, a lot of people go into what's called shock. What shock? It's essentially just your brain protecting your heart. So what happens is you stop processing what you're seeing. You might still see it, but your brain is basically like, we're not going to record this. We don't need to see this right now. My job is to protect you because if you, if it didn't, you know, beep, and then you probably flatline or pass out or stroke out, whatever, right? Like the heart can't handle that much stress. It can't. Um, and a lot of things cause stress on the heart. So your brain typically will try to regulate those things. Um, the reason why something makes you angry and then five, 10 minutes later, you feel better because your brain just regulated those emotions. Right. And how quickly or how long that takes is basically dependent upon you and how you respond in those situations. Um, but anyways, I digress. So, um, forgot why I was telling you about your brain, but I feel like it was to let you know that, um, how powerful and how sen not sensitive, but how important your brain is. Um, and, in the view of your mental health, your brain is regulating these things all the time. Oh, on porn. But when, when you're doing these mind numbing activities, such as pornography, you're removing your brain's ability to do that in the, in the manner of which it needs to, right? It doesn't mean that you lose the ability to sometimes a lot. And you know, it's common. One of the other side effects of pornography is, um, is depression. Uh, and it either makes it worse or sometimes it introduces you to it because you've just told your brain, Instead of you regulating my emotions for me, instead of you re regulating my behaviors and my thoughts and all those different things that it does second by second, I'm going to use this other vice, you know, this thing, uh, um, I'm going to use that. I'm going to have that replace, you know, what my brain normally should be doing. Right. And what your brain does, it goes, okay, I'll let you do that. Right. Um, because you train your brain on how to respond to these things. You do. Your brain doesn't just decide to do this. You decide how to respond to different things that you introduce into your life, right? Your brain just follows suit, right? Um, I'm in control. I'm in control. I can control what makes me happy, what makes me sad, what makes me angry, what makes me fearful. If I don't want to be afraid of the dark anymore, I can start going through some steps. I'm not afraid of the dark anymore, right? I can sleep alone now. I don't, I don't care about the dark. I've I understand enough about life now where I know that there's nothing in my bed. There's nothing in my closet. No one's going to jump out and try to get me. And if they do, I know where my weapons are and it's either here um, <laughs> or it's downstairs or in the closet. Right. So like I have options. I know I'm going to be okay. Um, I've convinced my brain that this isn't something that we need to worry about. So I go to sleep now just fine. There are people that still struggle with that. Right. Um, that's, this is just a picture of how you train your brain. Um, so when you tell your brain, 
I don't need you to regulate these behaviors anymore. I'm just going to use porn to do it. Um, one, your brain says, okay. And it stops regulating your emotions. It lets, so instead of you, you know, if, if you are in the habit of, um, I don't know, playing music or reading a book or working out when you feel stressed or alone or afraid or empty or whatever. Um, typically, if you continue doing those things, the next time you feel that negative emotion, that fear, that stress or whatever it is, your brain will bring up a list of options and say, you know, these are the top three things that we've been doing. So these are the things, those are the first things that you think about without you having to even think about um, you know, what am I going to do, man? When I feel this instantly, you feel stressed, something stressful happens. Your instant thought is, ah, man, I'm about to go work out or I need to just go play music and I'm going to write, you know, or I'm going to read this book and I'm going to try to work on my, you know, my story again, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, when you start to remove those options, you say, I'm going to go watch porn. The next time you feel stressed, next time you feel alone or scared or whatever, your brain goes, let's go get in the bed. Right. Let's, let's go, let's go start our routine that we've been doing. Right. That's how this works. And I need you to understand this because this is so when it comes to feeling empty, when it comes to feeling alone, when it comes to feeling despondent and just uh, a, a side character in your own life story, the way that you combat that is I would ask you then if you were so if you were to come to me, um, you know, Counselor Brian, I've been struggling, I've been feeling alone. My question to you would be, well, what are your hobbies like? You know, um, after we do some other stuff, uh, one of the first questions I would ask you, I shouldn't say the first, but one of the first questions I would ask you is what are your hobbies like? What do you, how do you take care of yourself? How do you stay entertained? Um, how do you spend your alone time? When you get bored, what do you do? Um, when you feel alone or empty or scared, uh, do you have a list of people that you talk to? Um, you know, those are the things that I'll try to find out how you spend your alone time, how you, how you feel your boredom. Uh, can tell you a lot about a person, a lot about a person. Um, so, uh, anyways, anyways, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how you are spending your alone time. I want you to think about the, what are you, what have you removed, um, as an option from your brain? What have you stopped yourself from thinking about as a healthy alternative to, um, doing something instead of something negative? I hope I'm asking that the right way. Um, what have you given your brain, uh, as an option to do that isn't healthy, you know, maybe it's porn, maybe it's, um, maybe it's uh, unhealthy eating, you know, um, maybe it's just lounging, you know, just, I'm just going to go to sleep, you know, which isn't, which isn't terrible, you know, cause I, I like to sleep a lot, but instead of participating in the day and being, being available and being, you know, in the moment, I'm just going to go sleep. Like that's not, that's not necessarily the best. And so, you know, what are you doing that isn't beneficial that you can control, that you can stop and, you know, find something to replace? Does it make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, another question I would ask you is what are your thoughts on those activities? You know, if you're doing things that are not beneficial and I tell you that these things aren't healthy, what are your thoughts about your activities on doing those things? Um, do, do you recognize that they're bad or do you just not see it? You know, if I'm telling you that something is not beneficial, that it's not healthy and that I tell you why and your response is, nah, I disagree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Well, um, you know, we don't really have too much to talk about then uh, until you recognize that this is bad. The reason why I tell you this is because, you know, I told you that people really fight against the, the realities of pornography. Um, if you don't recognize that that's harming you, that it's hurting you, and or if you just don't care that it's harming you or hurting you, then what you're saying is and what you're telling your brain and what you're telling the world is I don't really care what happens to me. Um, you have to you have to be 
the most important person in your life. A lot of people would like to say that, um, you know, I would do anything for anybody else, you know, before I show up for myself. I respect that sentiment. Excuse me. Just one second. I needed that. Um, so I respect the sentiment. Uh, you know, I used to be that person. I, well, I used to say that I was that person. Actually, I was. I used to be that person. But more more importantly, I would always say that I was that person. I would always offer that information. I would do anything for anybody else way before I do anything for myself because I thought it made me sound cool and stoic and, and brooding, you know, mysterious. Um, it didn't, and nobody really read that from what I was saying either, you know, because everybody said the same thing, you know. Um, and that's admirable, but it's the stupidest thing ever. I can't help you if I'm in need of help myself. And a lot of people say, well, I still do be helping people. Like I help people and I, you know, I'm miserable. Okay, cool. Um, what's happening is you're just becoming more miserable. So even if you're doing it, it's not wise. You have to be the most important person in your life first. Um, for the same reason that if you're in an airplane, they tell you that if we're going down, you got to secure your own mask before you try to secure somebody else's. Why? Because if I'm in the habit of trying to, put masks on two people and I'm not masked up myself and I'm not getting oxygen, I'm going to pass out, you know? So now we're all three of us are dead because I was too stupid to take care of myself first. Right. So you need to realize that in your story, you are the most important person first before anybody else, mom, dad, sister, brother, um, auntie, uncle, grandmother, grandfather, friends, best friends. Like I was raised with this person. They saved me from doing the worst, whatever, whatever. You don't owe anybody anything other than the best version of you first. That's it. Um, and and if you are not the best version of yourself and if you're not OK, then what you're giving other people is a is a half done product uh, and um, and it's becoming worse. So and let's think about this for a second also is understand that the longevity of your ability to help somebody goes down if you're not helping yourself. So for the people who can say you know, I help other people. I've been helping them. I, I still need a lot myself. I can admit, I wouldn't admit this out loud, but I can admit that, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm failing in my life right now. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm afraid I'm alone. I'm, you know, my mental health is terrible, but I'm helping other people. I'm showing up for them. Um, if you're admitting that, uh, one, you have to understand that the longevity of you being able to do that consistently and, and effectively and efficiently is going down day by day. If you're not showing up for yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, your ability to be there for people genuinely <clears throat> is going to go down, you know? So one way that you can understand this, ask yourself how irritable you are, right? How many things piss you off that shouldn't really piss you off? How many times have you been driving down the street and somebody just like gets in front of you real quick and you're like, <laughs> you're, you're ready to fly off on it. You know, you're ready to pop shots at them and all that. You know, it's not a big deal. That's not your road. They didn't do that to hurt you. That's about them. That has nothing to do with you, right? How many times has someone done something that had nothing to do with you, but it still made you angry. And now you're thinking about it for days, you know, um, that's how, you know, that it's time to take care of yourself. You know, I'm irritable, I'm angry and this shouldn't have made me angry. If you're having trouble, um, controlling the things, not uh, managing, I should say, managing the things that, that make you feel a way that you really don't want to feel it's, it's time to find out how to take care of yourself and ways to do that is in another episode. We can talk about that later, but first comes the acknowledgement, you know, monitor yourself, really, really take some time. Um, one plug, go back and listen to the episode that I did called two minutes of clarity. Um, 
that's going to make this make a lot of sense too. Um, please go listen to that. But uh, so um, yeah, just just take a mental inventory of how you're doing, and a mental and emotional behavioral inventory of how you're responding, how you're showing up in life. Um, and it's very important. We call this meta awareness. Um, this will be the last thing that I say. Um, I was going to go into uh, actually. I'm not going to go into meta awareness. I think I'm going to save that for another episode, but I will just, I'll introduce the the concept because it's important for you to know. Um, meta awareness is the ability. So picture yourself. Let's pretend like this is me. Um, not because it's a funny story. I used to be called a microphone because I tried to cut my hair one day and I did a bad job until my dad had to like buzz it all off and I look bald. Um, I'm not bald right now, but I'm just like showing you like I look bald. Um, I'm not, I swear, but uh and so uh, they called me a microphone. They called me a milk dud. They called me a cancer patient. It was very painful, but I got through it. <laughs> um, that's why I have so much confidence now. It's one of the reasons, because I decided I'm not going to feel that bad anymore. Um, so a picture yourself, you know, this is me. And then this is little me. Picture yourself like opening up your brain, right? And looking in and singing. This is why I get so angry at times. This is why I'm always so irritable. This is why I'm always sleepy. This is why people don't like me. This is why I've been losing jobs. This is why I don't have any confidence. You know, you're looking inside of yourself and you're seeing every little bit about yourself. What makes you angry? What makes you happy? What inspires you? What makes you afraid? Um, what makes you really th- contemplative about life? You know, and what makes you curious about life? What makes you excited? What makes you demotivated? Um, it's meta awareness is just the the concept of knowing who you are in almost a spiritual sense, you know? Um, there are some, you know, so one of the, one of the most unanswered questions I think that you can ever ask a person is, uh, or maybe it's not a question, but, um, tell me about yourself or, or like, who are you? Who is whatever your name is? You know, who was Brian? Who was Brian? Tell me who Brian is with this sense of meta awareness. I can tell you exactly who I am. You know, most people, and if you're one of those people don't feel any shame, it is what it is. But a lot of people weren't, you know, tell me about yourself. Uh, ask me a question. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, what, ask, like, ask me what my favorite color is. You know, like we can't tell you anything about ourselves because we don't know ourselves. We're not comfortable with ourselves. And so I don't even know where to start telling you about who Brian is. Cause I don't know. And I'm not comfortable with Brian and the parts that I probably could tell you, I don't really like, you know? And so I'm not going to tell you, ah, yeah, well, I struggle with porn sometimes and I really, really hate women. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you know, we wouldn't say stuff like I don't obviously, but, um, I don't on both accounts. Um, I don't struggle anymore, nor do I hate women. I love women. Um, I love you women. Um, I'm also going to do an episode about women. Um, I really need to do that. But uh, anyways, so um, sorry. Now I'm looking at a cloud that kind of looks like it's about to turn kind of tornado ish, but uh, I know it's not, but it kind of looks like it is. That is creepy as focus. So um, meta awareness, just take time, take time to know who you are. No one should be able to know you better than yourself and you should not be jumping in fires of other people's lives. If you don't know who you are and if you're not comfortable with who you are, get, get comfortable with who you are. My flaws, I'll stand on them. You know, I'll t- first, I'm the first to tell you what they are and I'll stand on them. Um, you're not going to surprise me with anything about who I am. I know it. If you tell me, Brian, you, you know, you've been seeming real lazy. You seem like a lazy person. I know. And I know why, and I'll tell you why, and I'm working on it, but you're not going to surprise me with any, any information or news about myself. I know who I am. You know what I mean? Um, 
And you're not going to lie to me and tell me who I am because I know who I am. You're not going to tell me that, you know, you seem like a sexist. Like, no, I'm not, not, I know who I am. You know, I'm not. And you know, well, you did this, you said this, and it really seemed like, okay, okay. And I'm sorry that that is how it came off to you. That's not who I am. You know, I can defend myself. I know when I have to, and when I don't, um, I know when I should explain my reasoning for things that I say or think or feel or do or whatever. And when I don't have to, right. I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, I used to be super afraid at seeming gay um, because I was called gay um, fourth grade, probably up until the day I graduated high school. Um, actually, a little bit into college, too. A little bit into college. Uh, I was mistaken for a gay guy. Um, now, that dude's good looking, man. That dude got some big chest. Dude's arms are cut, you know. Don't care. Brian knows who Brian is, you know. And I'm confident in who I am, you know. Um, confident in my sexuality. Uh, if you get that like bonus points, cause that's dope. Um, anyways, that's all I got for you. I really wish you health and happiness and peace and comfort. Keep in mind, um, your homework every night, every day is to spend time with yourself and understand who you are and work on replacing negative, um, I don't know, uh, negative like hab habits, hobbies, negative um, activities with just something that can feel you in a in a helpful way. Right. Um, listen to more podcasts. Um, start working out, you know, start running, um, start. Uh, I don't know. Find something to build, find some hobby, find some exercise, you know, uh, write something, draw something, um, play music, uh I don't know, um, work on, you know, gardening or something like do something. <laughs> I sometimes think that they're so <laughs> it's the reason why. So I've been like looking at these guys that have been coming past. Cause like once it was like up and back a couple times, it was just two guys. And then they came back a couple times with like three or four. And now there's like six guys and they waited until they got like a ways down the street and then turned around and look at the window again. Um, and it's the reason why I'm laughing is because I see myself in them. Um, I think the reason why I'm so good with youth uh, is that I see myself in them like very clearly. And I hate saying that because I feel, you know, but um, old, I should say feel old. I shouldn't say feel, you know, cause like you might feel in the wrong. I just feel old. <laughs> Anyways, you don't know my head just went. Um, goodness gracious. So uh, I, I see that and actually, no, I don't feel bad about that because I think it's dope. I think that's why I can still relate to, to young people. Um, but I just, I see them, their mannerisms, their, you know, their, their movements, the, how, how they talk about things, nothing's new under the sun. Um, you know, so like what you're doing, I did, you know, your language might be different, but the reason why you're saying what you what you're saying, same reason why I said what I said, right? Like, and so sometimes I just look at young dudes and I'm like, yeah, you are who I was. Um, Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I, I truly hope that there was at least one person that can find some semblance of comfort in their lives, some semblance of peace, um, some semblance of self-awareness that can lead you to growth uh, and, and health, healthy development. Um, I hope that you get just one step closer to your mental health goals, feeling better about yourselves. Um, if you are feeling like you're in too deep, please reach out to me. Reach out to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. Um, I'm not a professional just because I'm in the mental health world does not mean I'm a professional. I'm not, um, I'm just comfortable. I'm familiar with situations that you might have experienced. Um, though we react to these things very differently. I'm still comfortable with them. I'm familiar with them. Um, so if you don't feel like here, here's another thing, uh, last thing I'll say, um, 
I was thinking about just a while ago, I was thinking about reaching out to a, um, a famous musician um, that I've been talking to for a while. Um, let me not say famous. He's well known. He's very, very, very well known. I wouldn't say famous, but um, he just went to like another country and uh, and was recognized a couple countries and was like recognized. Um, but I was feeling I was thinking about reaching out to him because um, he's the only person that I can think of that isn't uh, that doesn't know my surrounding, that doesn't know anybody in, in any stories that I would tell him um, and couldn't really judge me in a way that I would really care about, you know, but could offer me feedback that I would value. So if you feel like sometimes, you know, we don't talk to people because we're just like, yo, I don't, we disqualify these different, excuse me, we disqualify these options in our mind. You know, well, this person wouldn't really work because they're, they're too close to the situation. Or this person wouldn't work because they just don't get me. This person wouldn't work because I don't really want to tell them these intimate details of what I'm struggling with because they can't handle the truth, right? Like maybe some of that's true. Maybe it's not, whatever. That's not the point. If you just feel like you're in that situation where there's no one in your immediate circle that you can talk to. I'm a voice of someone that doesn't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through your situations. So I'm neutral. You can talk to me. You can tell me things. And if it's just a vent or, you know, ask for, you know, some quick advice or whatever. And it's, and I'm like your last option, please just do that. Um, but if it's dangerous, you know, please call, you know, these helplines, there's, there's a ton of helplines. Um, and I'm going to post those too. I should post those. If I'm going to open these doors for these emotions, I should probably post up line numbers. So I'm going to do that too. Um, Anyways, I digress. Guys, thank you for listening again. Um, I wish you health and peace. And uh, and yeah, I hope that you take to heart everything that I said. Um, know yourself better. Take care of yourself. Um, retrain your thoughts um, and do something healthy for yourself. You are your most important person. And if you don't value yourself, then it's going to be really hard for anybody else to. So it always starts with yourself. You are important. You are valued. You are necessary in life. And people are better because you are here. Do not follow the lie that our brains tell us, our depressive brain tells us that we're not important. That's not true. Depression has a voice. Anxiety has a voice. Learn those voices um, and then find something to combat them because you are needed and you are important and you're valuable and your life has purpose. Do not forget that. Guys, thank you um, for listening. I love you guys. I'm out. This is awkward. I'm out. Wait, I'm out. Okay, I'm out.